I'm Jeff Saperstein, co-author with Hunter Hastings of the book, The Interconnected Individual, Seizing Opportunity in the Era of AI Platforms, Apps, and Global Exchanges. As an interconnected individual, you'll want to know how cutting-edge thinking can help you design, implement, manage, and enjoy your own individual economy. Today, we're talking with Jim Sporer, director of IBM Cognitive Operations Group. Jim has had numerous high-level positions at IBM in venture capital, global university programs, and is also the founder of ISIP, the International Society of Service Innovation Professionals. Jim is a prolific author, speaker, and mentor to so many. Jim is also the editor of our books on service thinking and the interconnected individual and has provided wonderful guidance to us. We'll discuss how Jim views the mentoring opportunity, both to mentor and be mentored, and how to structure a good mentoring relationship. You can greatly enhance your career if you build mentoring into your work experience. So let's begin. Hello, Jim. Hey, Jeff. How's it going? Good. It's great to have you on, and I'm, I'm so grateful as, uh, that you're going to be talking to us in this part about mentoring and uh, how you see mentoring and some tips that uh, people can have in seeking a mentor and being a mentor mm. and the benefits of all of that. Um, and then in a second part, a uh, separate podcast, we're going to talk about uh, artificial intelligence and where you see that interfacing or, or affecting the future of work. So um, looking forward to this conversation. I am um, Jim, you've, you, you have been a, a, a great thought leader and practitioner in Silicon Valley for 30 years. Um, you did a stint at um, Apple, and uh, I know that you were involved there with... Uh, uh, I believe it was um, the Education Object Economy and EOE. And then you went over to IBM about 20 years ago. And I know you've had various roles at IBM as well as um, your leadership in ISIP and being a leader in service science. Could you say a few more words about how you see that trajectory of your career, particularly as it relates to ISIP and service thinking, and now the future of artificial intelligence. Yeah, sure. So um, I guess just to paint the full picture, you know, I grew up in Maine and went to MIT to study physics and computer science, and then uh, worked at a startup speech recognition company, AI, in the 1970s, if you can believe that, way, way back then, doing speech recognition and language modeling, and then got my PhD at Yale in uh, artificial intelligence, computer science, lived uh, abroad a year in Rome, 1989, um, at the, worked at the University of Rome, La Sapienza, but yes, I did arrive in Silicon Valley in 1989, uh, my wife Diane and I, and started our family and worked 10 years at Apple, where I was a distinguished engineer, scientist, and technologist, working on AI for education, um, and that's where uh, we established the EOE, the Educational Object Economy, uh, and then uh, came over to IBM to help start IBM's venture capital group around, I guess it was early uh, 1999, <laughs> had to think for a minute, 20, almost 20 years ago, and uh, 
have had various roles in IBM, uh, including CTO of a venture capital group, starting the service research area for IBM, which I led for about seven years and grew that globally, and then took over our university programs, did that for seven years, helping spread service science at universities around the world. And for the last year, I've been leading a new group um, that's working on open source artificial intelligence at IBM. And across that whole career, I've had many mentors and maybe I'll be able to talk a little bit about some of the mentors I've had in the, in this podcast. Wonderful. Um, well, Jim, since uh, you were our editor for the interconnected individual for Hunter Hastings and me, and certainly championed this project, perhaps before we get to the mentoring, you can um, maybe say a few words about your view of the benefits of this book that has just been released yeah. uh, by Business Expert Press. Sure. Yeah. Well, first, thank you that this is the second book that you've, you and Hunter have contributed to the collection. And um, it is just a tremendous book. I mean, the amount of research that and interviews that you put into this book uh, really, really shows. And it's uh, different from any other book, I guess, you and Hunter have written, because typically you were focused on giving advice to business leaders and I think this book really opens the aperture quite a bit and says, hey, individuals, you know, students, uh, all, all of us are going to be impacted by some of the innovations that are coming in artificial intelligence and blockchain and various other things. And I think what strikes me about the book, um, besides just the incredible amount of helpful content in it, is just the positive attitude that you and Hunter model throughout the book. There's just a huge amount of enthusiasm for the future, um, optimism for the future, um, but you do go through realistically the challenges. And I guess my summary of the book is uh, don't panic, read the book. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I know you've written a wonderful summary, which we will also post of uh, your summary of the key points of the book. That, that was very helpful. Thank you. Yeah, I well, hope a lot of people will read that summary and get excited and go get the book and read, read the book. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So it, it's interesting because that what, what we're going to be talking about today is mentoring, which is very human-centered uh, and relationship-based, and then AI, which from a lot of people's standpoint is not human, <laughs> not interactive person-to-person. -person. Uh, maybe that'll be an interesting contrapoint, or you can help us understand that. But the mentoring is of particular interest, Jim, because as you know, uh, so many people are seeking mentors or seeking people who can help guide them based on experience in which uh, the agenda is the cultivation of the mentee and the development of the mentee. And, and uh, you have done that in an extraordinary way with so many people and mentoring has been a key part of your portfolio and your interest. So perhaps we could start with um, how you, what is mentoring, particularly in the corporate setting uh, where you have done it for IBM? Yeah, so at IBM, uh, mentoring is really advocated just about every 
uh, day. In fact, <laughs> one of the first emails I read this morning was from Bob Lord, who's the uh, senior vice president in charge of our digital business group. And it was yet another email about uh, how to plan your career at IBM. And um, so, yeah, executives are very, very conscious of, of uh, the importance of uh, individuals in IBM owning their career plan. And so we're reminded very, very frequently to, um, especially those of us who are managers, to work with our people to make sure they have created a career plan that's um, practical, that's uh, realistic, and that meets the needs of that individual. And uh, so, yeah, every everybody at IBM is really encouraged to get one or more mentors. And uh, the advice that's typically given is to think about a mentor, you know, look around IBM and, and look at people who you respect and whose jobs seem exciting to you and then reach out to them and say, you know, um, whatever you need to say in order to uh, ask them to become, you know, to be a mentor for you. So it really is. And I think this is, well, let me stop there. So yes, at IBM mentoring is incredibly important. So maybe we can drill down a little bit, uh, Jim, and, and um, talk about how IBM structures and trains, evaluates mentors, since it's such an important part of everyone's portfolio. Yeah, we have uh, uh, annual performance reviews, I think, like every major company with uh, monthly checkpoints. In fact, that's the name of the system is Checkpoint. <laughs> and uh, one of the aspects of the checkpoint is... Um, you know, the career plan that you, you develop uh, with your mentor. There is also something called the Leadership Academy at IBM, which is um, for the top performing IBMers. If you're interested, you can, um, the Leadership Academy has like a mentorship program on steroids where you get about uh, six different mentors across different parts of IBM who will view your career plan for you. Um, but the basics of the uh, career plan are to understand the objectives, career objectives of the individual, and set realistic intermediate points, understand the gaps and skills uh, that uh, would prevent someone from, you know, being in that role, and then uh, being proactive about closing all the gaps. Well, it, it given that there are so many different skill sets and personalities and aptitudes and just competence among mm -hmm. IBMers, can you provide some characteristics of, of good mentors uh, that anyone should be seeking, whether they are at IBM or elsewhere? Yeah, sure. Um, and, and by the way, just one last thing on the IBM thing is uh, we've realized a long time ago at IBM that uh, in fact, one of my mentors, Nick D'Onofrio, <laughs> senior vice president for IBM for years, uh, big champion of T-shapes, T-shaped individuals, um, mentors, and uh, the people they're mentoring work really hard to help the individual become more T-shaped, to have the right kind of breadth, mm -hmm. as well as the depth needed for particular roles. So, yeah, I've, I've really been really lucky if I look back at my life, the number of mentors I've had. And when I sat back and I said, why, why have I, you know, I had Doug Engelbart, the inventor of the mouse, 
<laughs> you know, um, I had Alan Kay, the inventor of the personal computer, as a mentor. I've, I've had such, you know, Nick D'Onofrio, senior vice president at IBM. I've had so many great mentors um, that actually I would struggle to list them all. I've had so many mentors over my life. And I think the reason I got lucky was, wasn't just chance. It was what I, and this is what I recommend anybody do is look around (laughs) at the people who you respect the most and when you identify somebody that, you know, could be a, a Nobel Prize winner, it could be, you know, the guy at the end of the block or gal at the end of the block. But, but when you find people who you look at their lives and what they've achieved or what they're doing and you really respect it, what I've always done is I've just read everything they've ever written, you know, watched their YouTube videos if they have them. I, I really just study the individual and and create a set of questions that I would ask that individual if I was ever lucky enough to um, interact with that person. And um, sometimes um, I have uh, had the good fortune of getting a chance to meet that person. And when when you interact with a person and you are really clear about, this is what I've really got out of your work and your life. And here's the questions though, that I have for you. Um, That kind of interest, I guess, that I showed in these individuals, you know, led to really solid relationships with them. So I was, uh, you know, I think that kind of prior preparation is really important that you don't just, you don't just meet people, you meet them with, you know, <laughs> and we'll get into this in the AI section a bit. You you meet them with an with a strategy of what you want to learn from them. So the more focused you are, and the more homework you've done, sounds like the more likely this mentor is going to take you seriously, and and the better the work will be together. Yeah, chance favors the prepared, and um, there are you know lots of studies out there, interesting social studies. Uh, of luck, in fact, uh, that show, you know, luck is something that you can actually influence if you've done the right amount of homework um, and you're ready for opportunities, you're going to seem a lot more lucky than somebody who hasn't done the homework and who isn't prepared to seize the opportunities that might show up. So yeah, doing that homework is important. That's fantastic. So what are some of the characteristics of the good mentee besides doing this homework once you are in the relationship? Yeah, the most important thing is, um, I mean, the mentors, the thing is, you know, whenever I'm mentoring people, I get back to them right away. So it's really important, um, you know, when, when your, your mentee reaches out to you that you're responsive, even if you don't have the answer you got to get back to them right away just to show them the uh, mm-hmm. sensitive, uh, you know, the, the value you and the, your understanding of the responsibility you have to that individual to help them. Um, but when you're a mentee, the homework is a key part of it, but it's also not, um, you know, the, 
the great mentors have many people they're mentoring and, and, and they're very, very busy people. So you have to really be um, focused about what you ask them for help on. And um, I typically try to, you know, at least touch base with people I'm mentoring once a month um, uh, and, you know, have a lunch or something like that, maybe uh, at least once a year, but maybe a couple times a year, depending on uh, the stage they're at in terms of what they're trying to accomplish. But um, it really is, you know, understanding that this person who's there to help you and guide you is really, really busy. So no, you know, three page email messages, analyzing something negative that <laughs> happened in your life right. that you're right. full of anxiety about. <laughs> that right. wouldn't be right. something that you'd want to throw on your mentor. Um, but clearly, you know, asking them, you know, what they think about, um, you know, opportunities, like there's this opportunity. What do you think about that opportunity for me now that you know me? Uh, any advice mm -hmm. you can give? Um, network connections, but, but um, it's really important that you don't expect your mentor to just be introducing you to everybody they know. But strategically, if there's key people that um, an introduction makes sense on, then, then that's another thing. I, I do that a lot. I, in fact, just today, I introduced a couple people. I do these quick introductions a lot where I see you know, somebody's sent me an email that, you know, even whether I'm mentoring them or not, but I know there's, there's, you know, if these two people got together, good things would happen. And, um, that's, that's really a valuable service that, uh, mentors can provide their mentees is just getting them that first introduction to people who they can, you know, again, be very efficient about, you know, questions or, right advice they're looking for well you know jim it, it seems like this part of the ibm culture has continued but you're probably more aware than anyone that around silicon valley or uh, american corporations in general uh the time factor of developing people uh and the commitment to mentoring uh seems to have waned as people are doing more of the urgent and less of the important and cultivating <laughs> yeah. people doesn't seem to be the priority for many companies. Uh, maybe we can finish this with you, how you see mentoring as beneficial for anyone, whether they're in a company like IBM that has a formal program or they're in a startup or a smaller company um, about being a mentor and a mentee and actually taking this as a serious part of their career portfolio. Yeah, I think, again, uh, it's about identifying role models. Um, mm -hmm. Even more, you know, and you get at this, you and Hunter get at this in the interconnected uh, individual. It's someone can be your mentor in a way without you never with without even meeting them or without even talking to them. If you study their mm -hmm. life and you study their work and you get inside their head, <laughs> you know, to really benefit from the life they've lived, you can get a huge amount of benefit from studying other people carefully and their work. 
And I think that's really what it's about. To be the best, you want to be learning from the rest. And yeah, there, you know, people are very busy, so you really have to um, do as much of the hard work, I guess, as you can do yourself. Um, so you don't ask people, like you wouldn't want to ask your mentor something that they had written a book about. Yeah. Um, you know, you'd want to read the book <laughs> and, right. and ask them, you know, where you thought in the book, maybe, um, well, for example, maybe where you had some ideas that you thought were even better than, than what you read in right. the book. You might want to share that with them uh, in a, an appropriate way. But the point is, yeah, you don't, you know, where, where you can do the hard work so that you can save the other person some time, you definitely want to put it on your shoulders, not on, not on theirs. Um, but yeah, there's a tremendous. Well, you know, Jim, two, two concepts that you certainly helped Hunter and I understand when we uh, worked with you on service thinking mm -hmm. is that there's a value co-creation and a capability co-elevation yes. that happens in a mentoring relationship. And maybe we can conclude with this idea that uh, this is not a burden and this is not a task, but this is the opportunity for co-creation of value and co-elevation of uh, capability. That's why you write such great books, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> you really distill it nicely, and that's exactly right. It is about the opportunities that you're creating together. And those opportunities are to co-create value and to co-elevate capabilities. And um, you said it so well, I'll just say that's, that's really what the focus is. It's about, it's about that, those, those types of interactions. And um, again, I think the best advice I have is, you know, looking back at my own life and all of the great mentors I've had through my life is it really is about doing the home, you know, identifying role models, um, people who, you know, you're really in awe of what they've accomplished and how they think about complex things. And you want to be able to, you know, emulate some of that in your own life. Those are the, those are the role models you study you learn everything you can about them, <laughs> and um, then you put it into practice for yourself, uh, trying to achieve the things that you're passionate about, or the, you know, getting beyond the job, getting beyond the career, you know, finding that calling or passion that you have to be of service, you know, in society. If you're lucky enough to uh, know know that, figure that out. And, have lots of people who you can use as role models. It's very exciting. It's, um, you know, that's, that's what I think you and Hunter did such a great job of in the interconnected individual is, is you, you, you showed how that's a, just an exciting way to live a life and it can be very rewarding and where others have uncertainty and fear. If you can, have that attitude of there's an opportunity in there and I'm going to find it um, and, and be inspired by others who've been in challenging situations and found those opportunities and done wonderful things with them. I think that's, that's that, you know, it's, it's a worldview. It's a mindset that you share in that book that I think can really help a lot of people. Jim, thank you so much. And we are going to, uh, 
Look forward to the next conversation, which is about the future of work in AI. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.